Hello everyone, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Carson Wendell, and this is Friday Night at the Barbell. And I'm Bryant Wood, and today we've got Corey Elder and Heather Grimes with us. Corey, the wife, dog mom, MBA, nationally qualified natural bodybuilder, elite level drug tested powerlifter, and Heather Grimes, the dog mom as well, international elite level drug tested powerlifter, fitness influencer with 63,000 followers on IG and 185,000 followers on TikTok and NASA employee. Thank Welcome, you for the hype. ladies. Also, ladies of Strong Inc. What up? Right? Yes. So, we're going to open it up with the controversial question. Is a hot dog a sandwich? No. Why? Well, I think if we're classifying it, it would be more like a taco mm -hmm. than a sandwich. Because mm -hmm. a taco is not a sandwich. Mm -hmm. It's just like something me, with meat in between. Okay. Let me give you this one. A Subway sandwich is not cut all the way through, but it is a sandwich. It is even titled such. They don't cut it all the way through. It's like <laughs> they almost cut it and they don't. You were swaying me a little bit, but then I thought about Jimmy John's and I was like, mm -hmm. that's a sandwich. If we're talking technicality here, it is bread. It's a meat. There's condiments. There's things you can put on there. But <clears throat> I think in especially in America, a hot dog is like it's like an American staple. It's just like just a hot dog. So technically yes, but Right, kinda like idealistically no. I think it's more about the direction you eat it. Because you don't eat a hot dog bun up. Like you eat it hot dog up, bun okay. open. So that you makes it more like a taco. Time. Right, you could but that'd be odd. Like Carson said, it is two slices of bread with meat or some other subject in between. And some people say a hot dog is a slice of bread with something in the middle, and the bread is merely a vessel for the meat. I think Anthony Bourdain said this. It is just a vessel for the meat to be delivered. This is too high level of thinking for me. Good. Good. Can... Yeah. I can't imagine a hot dog being a sandwich. It's where I stand on this issue, so... I need to do more research before I okay. have an opinion at the end. Yeah. You do research. <laughs> I think we'll just get right into the Q&A then. Let's start with Corey. What was your path to the weight room? Were there high school sports involved? So I wouldn't really call it high school, honestly. Um, that's not really where I got into my weightlifting. Started off in Crimsonette in college. And really, after I quit twirling I said I had to do something like I know my body type I know I'm built like my dad if we sit around we're gonna get large so I started <laughs> I started going to boot camp classes and um that's where it all kind of began is that like a pizza guts? it's like it was weights Cardio, everything. Like, it's a full body, like, dumbbells. Not really barbell kind of stuff. Getting fit. I'm getting fit, yeah. yeah. And I did, I got, like, ripped, but I wasn't, like, muscular. Is that why you chose to do bodybuilding first, or? Um, so the bodybuilding thing sort of comes from, my mom and dad started getting into weightlifting. And that was gonna, my mom wanted to bodybuild. And she got sick. 
And so she was like, I think you do really well. You've already got the pageantry down. Like, that's not going to cause you any issues. And so that's what I did. And coincidentally, my first coaches were powerlifting coaches. When did you start bodybuilding? 2016. At school and high school sports, did they make you lift weights or did you run? Um, so I have played sports my whole life. I had a softball bat in my hand at the age of four. My brother played baseball and my dad coached him. So honestly, probably before that, I was running bases at his practices. So I played softball, basketball, and volleyball growing up. Um, even did gymnastics at one point, did ballet at one point. Have some really cute pictures from them. Um, then after high school sports ended, I was kind of like, I can't just do nothing. Like I, I did work out some in high school sports. Um, we did do a little bit of weightlifting. Actually, the football team's weightlifting coach was our weightlifting coach for middle school basketball. So we were doing like squat bench deadlift mm -hmm. in middle school. So um, I did have some experience with all of that coming out of it. And um, oh, speaking of injuries, yes. So um, I did tear my ACL my freshman year of high school at JV basketball practice. Um, so that was really cool. I had to sit out of sports. I had to sit out of softball, basketball and volleyball that season because that was in summer practice. Um, and uh, yeah, that was really actually a horrible recovery but um i had to do a lot of like single leg lifting to get back to where i was get like my muscle mass back so um did you have a hamstring or a cadaver i had a hamstring graft so they, they say those are the way to go yeah so, and I, I have like minimal scarring from it so i mean i don't have one of the big gashes on the front of my knee like a lot of people do and it doesn't hold you back from lifting no, it doesn't yeah. actually. I haven't had any problems with it um, at all. Honestly, it's like it never happened. So, mm. I mean, I did for a few months like after that, yeah. after my recovery was over, I uh, I definitely could like, I was always scared, like playing softball, I was scared to slide into the bases and stuff. Where did powerlifting come along? Or like kind of your, uh, I guess your vision for, you know, I want to do like something with like fitness or how did that come about? So just right after high school, I just started working out. Um, and I started going to Crunch near campus, um, and that gym just got really, really crowded after about two years of going there. I was like, I need to find another gym because I was pretty serious about working out, and not everyone there really is. So I was like, I kind of need a smaller gym, something like what I had back home. And eventually I found Strong, which is where we all go. And a couple days after being there, I saw everyone, like, everyone's friends there, and I wanted to be part of that. And everyone does powerlifting and there's like a board on the wall with people's like numbers and I'm like I want to be on that I want to do powerlifting this is cool so I asked Charlie at the gym one day I went up to him and I said do you know someone that can coach me for powerlifting and he said um yeah I have the perfect person for you my best friend Gary Brewer so I uh I got a coach and I started powerlifting and I signed up for a meet so that was 2021 20, 20, yeah one. Yes. It was in the fall. So. Brand new. Already international elite. Brand new. Hey. Must be nice. <laughs> <laughs> just cut down to 114 and be a female. Yeah, just <laughs> cut my legs off. It should be fine. Of course, the lifting weights, nothing else. <laughs> and then, Corey, you did bodybuilding in 2016. So then, what transitioned you to powerlifting? Because you did powerlifting meet not far after that. A year after that? It was 2017. Yeah. First one, I was really gung-ho on the bodybuilding thing, and luckily enough, my coaches convinced me after doing three shows that I needed to take an off-season. 
Um, but so they convinced me to do my off season and they're like, think you could be pretty good at powerlifting too. And I was like, eh, I don't know about that. Um, but my grandfather was a powerlifter, huge into it, but he would, I mean, he's very natural. Like he never competed in anything like USPA, but I was like, Okay, I'll give it a shot just because he used to beg me to do it. Let's test it out. Um, but it really was never something that I thought was my first sport until you asked me, like, when you finish this prep, let's do it. And that was in 2020. Yeah. So that was the hard prep. It was tough prep. What, what did you, that prep, what did you get up to? And then what did you come back down to for that bodybuilding show? Oh, so my last prep I did, I used a different coach. I wanted to see if the bro method would work. I bulked up to 170. Yeah. Um, which I've never been before <laughs> again, or before and haven't been since. And uh, cut down to 132 on stage. Dang. And I can't imagine being 132 right now because <laughs> I'd probably have crazy. There's a weight class. Oh, yeah, but I would be so not strong. So what are some things just like for me, because I kind of competed in powerlifting and kind of – I've kind of gone back and forth a couple times. But for me personally, like with bodybuilding, it's – uh kind of your motivation is different whereas you're going for a look and it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to uh stay motivated kind of later in prep because you're not you're you're getting weaker a lot of times with like bodybuilding whereas with powerlifting it's kind of a different motivating driver where your numbers and a lot of people say like powerlifting can be like more fun because you can kind of track your numbers and as you get stronger that's kind of more almost kind of more fulfilling sometimes but what in in like y'all's opinion what do you think as far as like what are some pros and cons of both so bodybuilding to me like just based off my own experience like yeah you're getting weaker and weaker as it goes on and for me personally i get crazier and crazier and as far as like the look goes and like, yeah, you know you look good, and you know you've worked your ass off to get to that point, but, like, what if it's not there on show day? What if that's not what they're looking for? Because all the judges are different. Um, and I think at the end of prep, when you get into that, like, last few weeks, it's just like, I don't care anymore mm -hmm. as long as I make it there. But yeah, powerlifting, to me, is a little bit more fun because at the end of it you're seeing like i am getting stronger yeah. i see the light of it's a little more absolute yes like, no you had a pretty tough prep for your last powerlifting meet which you said at the end of a bodybuilding prep you see the light at the end of the, the light at the end of the tunnel but you just don't care because it's so tough but that last powerlifting meet was very similar mm -hmm. in that it wasn't there on meet day like you wanted it mm -hmm. to be so even though it's a less subjective sport, it still requires that yeah. intensity towards the end. When you lack it, it'll show up 
regardless of the stage, whether it's bodybuilding or powerlifting. So, Heather, you've built a pretty big social media presence. What does it feel like to have that kind of platform? And what does that platform mean to you? And where do you see it going within the next five years? So, what does it feel like? Um, to answer that, sometimes it doesn't, I don't realize that I have that big of a following. Sometimes I still just feel like, I mean, it doesn't feel any different than what it was before I had the following. Like when I'm in public or I'm at a gym or something that I don't normally go to and someone comes up to me and they're like, you're Heather Grimes, like, and they want to take a picture with me or they recognize me and it's, it's weird. I, I don't expect that to happen. Um, cause I just kind of, when I started social media, it was just a fun thing. Like I was just posting because I enjoyed it. I, I just like to overshare my life in general. I was like that before I started social media. And so I guess some people just uh, gravitated towards that and my following grew. Um, what does it mean to me? Um, well, I think for a while it, I mean, it took me a while to kind of realize like the impact that I have on other people. Um, but I think I finally started to transition my platform into something that I want to use to help people, um, teach people and inspire people to get into lifting, that it's okay to get muscular, that there's ways to fuel your body and eat right and not like being skinny isn't the only way to have the look that you're going for your dream body that's not all that there is and that lifting is fun and um I don't know I just really enjoy being able to inspire and motivate people and so I'm really grateful to have the platform that I have I think it speaks a lot to you because you have a lot of eyeballs on you a lot of the time mm -hmm. and people maybe not as much like waiting on content but like they'll see it when it's there mm -hmm. and it speaks a lot to you how genuine you are because you actually even around us, like we notice it, you don't really think about that you have a following. You just kind of do you. And I think it speaks a lot that you say that as well. That's how you approached when you built up and that's how you'll finish with it as well. Yeah. Where do you think you're going to go with it within the next five years? Anything different? Um, I just hope it keeps growing at a steady rate and that like the direction that I'm aiming in right now for like keeping that platform of helping people, motivating people, kind of stays I don't want it to turn into anything that I'm not um I just kind of want to grow at a steady rate and I maybe one day turn it into a full-time career not just content but like maybe coaching and a mix of content with working with brands and things like that um but yeah just keep growing I mean sometimes it feels stagnant social media is tough Heather so do you feel like pressure sometimes like because you put out pretty regular like content on your social media do you feel like sometimes it's like I know it's really fun for you, but do you ever feel, because you have all these people that watch, do you ever feel pressure like, well, you're like, I don't really want to like post anything today, but you're like, I gotta. In that way, no. Like if I don't feel like posting, I just don't. Um, for the most part, I do enjoy social media though. And like, I like to just share about what I'm doing. I'm an overshare, but um, for the most part, no, it's not pressure that I feel like I have to post something. Um, but I do feel a lot more pressure, I feel like, when I compete than most people do in the sense that people have been following along with my prep for so long and they know I'm competing that day. They're, they're DMing me, asking me for updates, asking how I'm doing on things. They see my updates. They're waiting for that post, the meet recap. And it's like I feel almost, I mean, I hate to say more pressure than anyone else because that's not really true. Everyone's got the same amount of pressure to perform because they've all put a lot of work into their prep. But it's like if I have a bad meet, it's like now i got to go on social media and type out that I just went – three for nine and a meet like it's just you know I, I mean it there, there's pressure in that sense where I feel yeah. like um 
like if my like if I have an ugly deadlift that day and I'm like I pulled it but it was really ugly and I'm like I want to post this but I'm like so many people like I'll get DMs from people like that form is bad your back shouldn't look like that and it just sometimes I feel like there's just a lot of eyeballs watching me and there is pressure but that is the thing about like yeah yes it's always those people but that is the thing about like not having social media as my full time job is that if I wake up one day and I'm just not feeling it I don't want to post I don't have to because. It isn't my like full time income. I mean, it's not even a significant really part of mine. So, yeah. I just thought of this just from talking about little troll kids. But uh, <laughs> does do you get all the comments like Sumo's cheating? Yes. You do sumo. Yes. Cheating. <laughs> I was telling Brian this, so <laughs> this was like a while back. But I commented on one of Larry Will's posts. I never like comment anything like, but I was like, I can't remember what I said on a video of him like squatting. It was like six hundred. For reps and he was like half squatting all of them on like a safety box. I said something, I said something about it, which I never do that. It's stupid. But these, I just got it happened to get like a few hundred likes, and I just got absolutely melted in my DMs. Like, like you report sumo, you faggot. You can't say anything. Or it was like kill yourself. You pull sumo. I'm like, jeez. And I get a lot of people who have never done anything with powerlifting that are like, this is why you hurt your back because of my arch on my bench or like, like my, my gym buddy can do that without the silly arch. My and like, buddy. it's just like, I get, but I get some weird stuff. Stay on the bench. Probably not. He's doing hip thrusts on the bench. Corey, what is your least favorite thing about the fitness industry? So when I was looking at this question, they're ground. <laughs> influencers. I hate influencers at the gym and their stupid tripods. Um, shout out, Goop. Shout out, Goop. Like, Carson's brought this up at the gym before. In, like, the respect of, I was thinking about bodybuilding and powerlifting. Like, in bodybuilding, my thing there was it was so frustrating to do, like, okay but not, but like, know that I wouldn't be able to take it to the pro level mm -hmm. because I wasn't on anything. Mm -hmm. And then you go, okay, well, I'll compete naturally. Well, I could have been natural, like the first show I ever did, like natural pro. And right. I don't want to do that. But then you've got in powerlifting, people are cycling off their stuff and coming over to compete in drug tests meets, mm -hmm. which we've talked about this stuff before. And that's just what it pisses me off. I feel like there's not a place for there's not like fair game. Right. Yeah. It's never gonna be fair. So. Well, it is unfortunate that you can't even get like a normal playing field with everyone not on something. You can find right. it sometimes and it has to be a super local meet, but even still you'll have somebody that's exactly. like, I want that first place because mm -hmm. I need it in my trophy case. But on the other spectrum, like the on the other side of the spectrum one thing that's really good about the fitness industry in general, specifically power powerlifting that I said was the camaraderie and just everybody, everybody there wants you to do well. Like, yeah, maybe you're fighting for the overall whatever, but like, it's still pretty badass when you watch some girl squat 440 or whatever the hell it was. Like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So. I, I do think the community, the bodybuilding community is pretty, pretty good most of the time in the like in terms of like the crowd and everyone around supporting everybody um maybe not on stage as much but in powerlifting definitely it seems like 
the community aspect is what brings a lot of people to the sport and keeps mm-hmm. them in the sport. Right. Because it's yeah. kind of, I mean, to be honest, it's boring sometimes, a yeah. lot of times. Yeah. But it wasn't for the community. Like, most people probably wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Heather, is yeah. your least favorite thing about the fitness industry? My least favorite thing about the fitness industry, I can mainly speak to, like, the social media side of it, too, is yeah. fake people, fake natties, and people with God complexes based on their follower count. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, as for someone who's, I've been to like the summer shredding at uh, Alpha Elite, and like that is basically just like an influencer convention. And I'm talking when you walk in that room, it is like your follower count is on your forehead, and it mm-hmm. determines who comes up and talks to you and who you are and what you get to like. I mean, it is just like a whole thing. Like, I just think that that's kind of as someone who's kind of part of the fitness industry, I hate that that's a thing, and I hate that people think they're more important than others based on a follower count. Um, yeah. And I think that comparing yourself to others is also a killer of the fitness industry. Like how, how social media and fitness is so much bigger now than it used to be. Um, mm-hmm. There's so much comparison that goes on. I mean, I, I think about like, I'll go pull something at the gym one day and I'm like, man, that was good. And I go home and I start scrolling on social media and I'm like, man, that wasn't good. Like these people are pulling like crazy stuff. It's just like you see, because of social media, you just see everyone's success so much more often. I, I like the dichotomy though, because you have Corey saying her favorite part is community and your least favorite part is so community uh, just on that side well like the social media side of the community where it's influencer side so when i went to first forms event um this two weekends ago um that was probably the coolest community i was ever like everyone was so nice everyone was so welcoming the second you walk in the door you're almost already tired of the smiling and the hellos and like the acting like your best friends and like you've known each other for forever and nice. i feel like at the first form thing it wasn't about followers but that also is like a very different side of the fitness industry. Like yeah. it's an older community. Like I would say a lot of people there are like moms and parents and their families. And um, the like Alpha Land summer shredding event is more like a um, teenagers, early twenties, like uh, let's see who's the most shredded. And yeah, I mean, it, it's a very different, different scene, but there's good and bad to that. Well, then what is your favorite part of the fitness industry? Um, I will say the community, but no, I mainly, <laughs> I mainly mean it's like, um, I think that as where I said, it's tough that social media has become such a big thing and that it can be a, um, like comparison can like really knock you down a few notches. I think it's a good thing that social media has pushed fitness out there so much. Cause I think it's bringing a lot more people into the gym. I think it's getting a lot more people into saying like, Hey, that looks like fun. I, I mean, or I want to get stronger. I see someone else doing that. And I think it, um, just spreads awareness for like, mm-hmm living a healthy lifestyle, just getting in the gym and stuff. So um, I think now that like social media has grown the fitness industry too. And so the people make it great. Very good. good. I would say my least favorite part is like kind of back in the day, it was, I used to love to like get on YouTube and like look up just different workouts Mm -hmm. that people were doing and, I thought it was so cool, and like I watched a lot of Bradley Martin and like Matt Ogus and all those guys, and I basically did like whatever program they were on. That's what I would like yep. run, and um, but it seems like kind of over the years, it's like so many people make money from social media now and YouTube, and um, when you are fake or Photoshop or whatever and you're you're gaining whenever you can make money from 
misleading people or lying to people. Like if you're, if you're say for instance, you're on Instagram and you're Photoshopping all your pictures and you're like, do this like tea cleanse and it will make you drop mm -hmm. 50 pounds in two weeks. That's kind of annoying. And you see that a lot now. Um, Fake Natty selling creatine. Yeah. And just like people that are geared, creatine. geared out of their mind and they're like, they're like, Oh, try this BCAAs. Like you'll get jacked as me. And they're like, like saucing their face off. Um, but that's probably my least favorite. As far as like my favorite things, it's probably like kind of kind of similar to what we all were talking about. Just like the community, and I've met a lot of like really cool people. Some of my really good friends through lifting and going to the gym. And whereas it was like I always was big into sports too, and I always was really close with my buddies that played sports. And it's and kind of. That kind of transition now, like when I go to the gym, it's kind of the same type mm -hmm. vibe. So that's that's cool. But. Lots of bromance. Yeah. Always sure. around. Lots of sweaty dudes. I think I think that would probably still be my <laughs> still be my like favorite thing about the fitness industry or the community in general is very welcoming pretty much anywhere you go. Mm -hmm. And even most of the people that you meet in real life, they are not playing a character that they do on social media like mm -hmm. they will do that for social media but even if you meet them in real life they're like they're an actual person they're yeah, a human being mean. and they talk to you um i met john call juji mufu who probably has one of the craziest personalities on social media and he was like super nice very genuine he's from mm -hmm. alabama as well so it was pretty interesting we kind of connected and talked about that but like that's what i like the most about it is everyone is genuine when you actually meet them like mm -hmm. by themselves when the camera isn't on if they're even if they're a TikTok broccoli head star they probably have a genuine personality if they would turn the camera off most that's what's good most. about it <laughs> <laughs> all right so Corey, if you could meet anyone past or present in the fitness world industry who and why so I picked two people. Okay, that's cool. Um, Rachel McLeish, because she, I think she won Olympia. It was like the third year it, there was ever a Miss Olympia. And she kind of like changed the bodybuilding arena to be like, you don't have to be like, you don't have to be a little dainty housewife. It was in 1980. And you can be beautiful and have muscles, whatever. So I think it would be really cool to meet her. She's like 60-something now. But And then powerlifting side, I would really like to meet Heather Connor. Cause... Yeah. I was going to say her, too. Well, she wasn't my one person. <laughs> because she's the deadlift queen. Like, she seems awesome. She she does. Does. I see anything she does any kind of talk she does is always yeah. super, super it's always genuine. chill. Yeah, like. exactly. All right, Heather. <laughs> if you could, if you could meet anyone, past or present, fitness industry, who and why? So I was gonna also say Heather for one of mine um, for some of the same reasons, but she's just super inspiring as a small girl that lifts a lot of weight. I'm like, I want to freaking do that, and she just seems so cool. 
Um, and then my other one is Steffi Cohen. Um, she is just not only like a complete badass, like she's so strong, but she's also experienced in a lot of different sports. I mean, she's in boxing now. She's just like seems to have lived a lot of lives. And um, she's also a wealth of knowledge. Like she's very smart. Um, every time I see her posting things, I'm just like, I feel like she's like the dictionary. She knows so much and I just could sit down and talk to her forever and ask her so many questions. She's so cool. So DPT. Well, she played collegiate soccer as well. Really? Mm -hmm. I didn't even know that. That's why she's a really good athlete. Yeah. Partially. So I think I think last time I said Chris Bumstead mm -hmm. because I mean he'd be he seems like an awesome person. Um just earlier I mentioned Matt Ogus. I would love to sit down and just talk to Matt Ogus. He was like one of the first people I started watching on like YouTube. I ran like three of his programs that he put out and um made like tons of progress he's just very he's so uh articulate and kind of like he's very attention to detail is like because he says he's recorded like every single workout he's ever done for like the past five years every set every workout but he also on the other hand he also has a family he's married with children and it seems like i know you can never really tell through social media but it just kind of seems like they have like a good something good worked out. So I would kind of just like to sit down and talk. What about his phone storage? Is like he's got like I think he said he has like terabytes and terabytes of Dang. of like videos just saved and everything. Yeah, I think if I had to pick a, another one to meet, I've probably I'd probably just go with Mark Bell because yeah. it, that's kind of how I started powerlifting. When I used to watch old super training videos and just see them going to town in the little yeah. rinky-dink brick gym they had. Yeah. And then... And they'd have, like, the best, like, guests come on, like, all the strongest people in strongman powerlifting. They'd have them come and just, like, do a heavy deadlift. Yeah, and, and even, you know, before he started all the running and new things he's doing now, I just remember when I first started kind of lifting... I didn't really know anything, obviously, and still don't, but back then, way less. And I remember going to the gym and seeing, oh, well, they did banded bench. I'm just going to throw bands on this and just hit triples until my arms hurt. So I think it would just be funny just to meet him and yeah, just talk and actually just thinking because I probably wouldn't be anywhere I am now without yeah. finding super training. Shout out, Mark Bell, Slingshot. Shout out, Matt Ogus. Corey, if you had, if I told you to close your eyes and I said, imagine platform is ready for Corey Elder, what lift is on the platform? Platform ready! I think everybody sitting here knows what this answer is, but uh, it's deadlift 100% because I like to smash a good deadlift. I like to smash. We like to smash. Heather, I need you to platform is ready for Heather Grimes. Okay. What is it? I'm shaking really bad. I'm sweating. I have tears starting in my eyes, and it's the very first squat of the day. And my legs are shaking, and I'm about to unrack it, and I can't feel or see anything, and I black out. But we get the lift. That's it. Yeah. Nice. White lights. Three white lights, anyways. Repeat the process before every single lift. <laughs> you got lots. First question, are you still natural? Yes. I also got another question about 
that. I got two questions about that. Fake Natty. Heather Grant. Not even Turkestrial. No. <laughs> Debatable. Um, let's see. Why USPA or WRPF over USAPL? USAPL is the most competitive and impressive considering stiff bar. Um, well, truthfully, the reason that I initially picked USPA to compete in is because our USPA federation in Alabama is just so big. Like USAPL isn't really big in Alabama. There's not really a lot of meets. I think there's like what one meet this two meets this entire year in USAPL. Um, at the time when I got into powerlifting, the guy that owns our gym, he ran USA, USPA meets. Um, my coach ran USPA meets. So, I mean, it was just what I got into. Everybody at our gym does USPA. Um, I also really like a deadlift bar. Um, I mean, I compete in mostly drug tested meets, so it's still, um, for the most part, drug free, I would yeah. say. Um, I mean, I guess if you think stiff bar is most impressive, then that's okay. But I mean, um, it's honestly just not that big here. So that's why yeah. I got in USBA. And, uh, I've said it a million times, but honestly, if you, if you're deadlifting less than 500 pounds, you're not really getting anything out of a deadlift bar anyways. Yeah. It's pretty stiff up until that point. So this weird gatekeeping that USAPL people do of you're not strong unless you're in the USAPL or PA. It's like, it doesn't really matter for us. It's all about accessibility. For the like, people that I know that deadlift a lot of weight, it's like, they'll be like, hit a, a deadlift bar PR and they typically are deadlifting on a stiff bar and it's like maybe 20 pounds different. Mm -hmm. and it's, it's not really that I mean, different. If it is, they're more than not, they're like very technical sumo pullers with straps on as well. Right. And they have very narrow grips, so they get even more bend. Yeah. And I know when you first got into things, you probably didn't think like, oh, what's the most competitive that I can be? How can I, don't I get anything of exactly. Just whatever the most accessible to me was. Um, I mean, I didn't even know USAPL existed when I started powerlifting. Yeah, exactly. I had no idea that it you weren't was. like trying to go to IPF in your first month of exactly. powerlifting. And if you are like a hundred, if you're a like a male lifter and you're like 140 pounds, and you're like oh, the USAPL is like this is the best, and then but you're, it's like don't don't tell a person that totals 2000 that the USPA sucks. If you're like a, like, you know, if your total is like 1400, or <laughs> you're a USAPL twink, just keep it to yourself. Cause it's not even worth it. Like you're on, you're under 180 pounds. You're there's no dots in the jungle, just like there's no uh, CPAP in the jungle. So like, <laughs> he's talking about men. Just, just talking yeah. How do you think height affects performance in powerlifting and in bodybuilding? Um, I don't really know about bodybuilding, so you could touch on that after. But mm -hmm. um, in powerlifting, I think that in general, short people kind of do have an advantage, um, mostly because of weight classes. So short people are going to weigh less, so they've got the same like muscle density as someone, and they're just more compact and less range of motion. I'm short, so I would say I do have an advantage in some ways. Um, sometimes I feel like I have a disadvantage on bench. Like I feel like the my feet are further away from the ground than most people and I'm trying really hard. But I mean, squat and deadlift though, being short is definitely an advantage in weight classes. It definitely can be. With girls, if the girl is tall in bodybuilding, most of the time their legs are not going to be as developed as someone who's shorter. I always did pretty well in that department. Yes. I mean, and the shorter classes are normally stacked too. Like, yeah, I mean, unless they're it doing takes, something, it's it's hard to fill out a big frame, and mm -hmm. in bow in 
bodybuilding because you're you're going for the most most muscle mass, so it's harder to fill out a big frame. I think, but kind of in both sports, powerlifting, bodybuilding, I think height plays a big factor. But I think arguably more importantly are just proportions because mm-hmm. like you could be a you know average heighted guy but with shorter femurs longer torso and have a monster squat or long arms and have a really good deadlift especially like with sumo puller with shorter legs or you know short arms big bench and kind of you know in bodybuilding you can you know proportions play a lot um you know to how how you're judged um so generally longer limbs if you fill it out correctly, it looks more aesthetic. And um, so I think proportions play a lot into it as well. Um, next question. Can you explain how you keep a healthy relationship with food? So I think the most important thing, like for me, is to realize that food is fuel. So um, a lot of people get into this mindset, especially when they first start like a fitness journey of thinking I mean, most people's first goal is I need to lose weight. And so they come into it with a mindset of if I just eat less, then things will be better. And um, I think that it kind of makes a lot of people spiral into um, eating disorders and things like that. It gets super restrictive. And then counting macros and calories becomes a really sore subject for them. So I think in order to keep things healthy, it's important to learn about food. Like I think that tracking my macros without restricting them but just kind of tracking them to understand and learn what I was eating and what makes my body feel good was like huge in me having a healthy relationship with food because now I know a lot more about food I I know that what I'm I mean I can go out to eat and know a general idea of sort of what my macros might be and how I'm going to feel the next day because I understand food so I think understanding food is important for keeping a healthy relationship with it and not just having the mindset that eating less will make you lose weight and make you look better so These are good questions. What do you do when you lose motivation through 75 hard? So far, I haven't lost motivation. I'm on day, I think, 17 right now. Um, The hardest part is doing everything every day. Like, there's not just one task that I could say, like, oh, drinking water is the hardest part or reading the book is the hardest part. Um, I think overall, just making sure you do everything on the list every day and don't mess up. As far as losing motivation, I think that honestly, it's been a good routine to be in. Like I'm like checking these boxes every day. They're all things that are beneficial for me and it makes me feel really good at the end of the day. So I think every day kind of increases my motivation, at least right now. I'm not that far into it. I think once I'm on day like 45, I may have a different answer to that question, but right now, no. Do you enjoy working from home? Yes, I love it. There are definitely some days where I wish that I had more human interaction and I went into an office and I got to like you know, obviously interact with people and stuff, but working from home gives me a lot of flexibility. Like I don't have to take off work to go get tires put on my car. Like the other day I had a flat tire and I was able to, I didn't have any meetings that morning. So I was able to just leave and I had to sit at the tire shop for an hour and I could just do that. I didn't have to take off work. So there's a lot of flexibility um, with that. But so yes, for the most part. Does your coach write workout plans for anyone to buy? I like seeing the workouts he has you do, but I don't live in Alabama. Dang. Well, oh, no bad days taking off, right? <laughs> no, but shortly, yes. We'll have workout templates available for purchase. I can say this. I'm going to like just talk about Bryant for a second. So we're all three, myself, Heather, and Corey, are all coached by Bryant. Bryant does our programming. And I've done, I've done several different things 
you know, with strength training. Um, but I've made absolutely 100% the most progress I've ever made in the past year and a half. Mm-hmm. Or kind of on two years, I guess. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's fun. It's very um, science-based. Um, it's not, you're not going to go in there and your nose is going to bleed and you're going to vomit all over the walls from just killing yourself. But it's, uh, it's very sustainable and easy to adhere to. Yeah. A lot of the things that Brian, uh, like implements into our coaching and like teaches us are things that I've also carried over into like some of my clients, like teaching that you don't have to push yourself to absolute failure every day to make progress. Like we're not here to just completely destroy our bodies. Um, you can definitely make progress without just going balls to the walls every day. So, um, yeah. I think we have the benefit of both of you being good athletes though. So really anything would work. Um, I just want to know how you got so damn strong. I'd like to know more about your training. I'll pass this one over to Bryant because he's my coach. That's pretty complex, but I would say, like we said a minute ago, you you don't have to go into the gym trying to kill yourself every day. It really, with strength tra- training in general, you get a lot more benefit out of going not as hard for like 80-ish percent on average. Um, and then even back offsets that are less than that is typically the range we're at for most people. Um, it just depends on the person. Some people prefer to push themselves a little harder, and then you have to find ways to get someone to do that. As far as how Heather got so strong, she's pretty much always been strong. It's just what direction can you take someone that is that strong? Any training would really work for her because she's a good athlete, but can you get her to direct the performance that we're looking for on the day? That's the kind of tough part of coaching. All right, I think that's all we've got for Corey and Heather. That's Corey Nico Fit on Instagram, Corey Elder, and Heather L. Grimes on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube. And YouTube. Don't forget our YouTube channel. And you can use Code Grimes at Gymshark. You come Heather for Helamix. For all of your shaker bottle needs. Shaker bottle and clothing for the gym needs. For first form, you have to use the link in my bio. Sorry, it's complicated. First we don't form. do codes, we do support links. First form's in her bio. <laughs> And that's all from me and Carson Wendell. We'll have Josh Sellers back with us next time. But that's been your Friday night at the barbell. See you later.